Dad Pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. A midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Episode 20, baby. Episode bloody 20. What's the intro like? I can't... Re- we don't ever, I don't ever hear the intro. Oh, you ruined it with your Paddy Daddy bullshit. <laughs> Still. I was actually the one who came up with that intro, so screw you. No, I mean, we, we're... we're <laughs> Nobody's been praising it. So no, sorry, yeah. no one thought it was going to survive, so it, it would do for as long as we thought it would do, and now it's time for us to recut it with some actual good stuff that's happened on the show. So that'd be a pretty short intro, then. Or maybe some of the praise... Most relatable podcast on the internet. We should include that. We somewhere. pay actors to come in and. No, we could just do it in our own in, in our own voices. Have gotten to the point that I'm looping back on episodes. Pure class, lads. Keep it up, says uh, Carl J eighty eight on. Wow. Uh, this is on iTunes. If you do actually think this isn't the biggest steaming pile of crap that you've heard since like your child just did it a dump in a nappy, then a review would actually be very helpful to us. Laughing out loud is guaranteed a great listen that ticks all the boxes. Two episodes in, lads, this is from an old one. You guys are preaching the truth. Best support group for dads. Keep her lit. That's kind of what Andy Lee said. Yeah. Was this going out before? When did Andy Lee last week? The that was chronology? Last week. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's already gone. And out. he says looping back. Does he mean Listening tripping out like yeah. sort of PTSD style? Or uh, Mr. John T. Kane says, well worth the listen. Could relate to everyone at some stage or another. Well done, fellas. So that was the murderous rage that McIntyre felt, the stealing of food that you had. How's that, that theft going? Have you been well, no, you see, my, my children are now uh, in school when I go to the shop, so I have the ideal scenario as we You can eat yourself. No, peace and quiet when I'm going yeah. around the shop. I, I don't eat croissants due to the high gluten content. <laughs> what do you eat? What do you munch on around the shop? I don't. Shop? There must you be munch around, it's not acceptable for me to munch oh, around the shop. Oh, apparently it is, yeah. Apparently the grown-ups are totally entitled what? to it. Yeah. No. You, have to, you have to be fairly brazen to do it. Well, the, the big American supermarkets, are so they're vast and like... No one there is going to stop you because you might have a gun, so uh, you can... But the premise being that you pay for it when you get to the counter. The premise. Yeah. Yeah. That's a but, premise. But, but what are the... A working premise. Do you mean you're munching on a croissant or a maybe a pretzel or... Did I, I told you about the Orky story, did I? Did I tell that oh, on the well, you, I, I think you brought it online. I went to the, I went to the shop, was hungover. Uh, I was going to say bought a Yorkie. Ate a Yorkie going around the shop... With the full intention of paying to, paying for it when I got to the counter, but I put the wrapper in my pocket. I forgot about it. And I left the well, shop. That's just pure theft. That's stealing. That is stealing. I did go back the next day and pay for the Yorkie. Nah, you didn't. I did. What shop was it? Tesco. I went up to the counter and I said, "Oh, listen, this is very embarrassing. I came in here yesterday and I stole it, inadvertently stole a Yorkie, and I, I, so I take one off the shelf and I said, "Can I pay for this? Can I pay you for this and I'll put it back?'" And he was like, oh, call 999. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. If you walked in there like, there he is. <laughs> and they don't even wait for your excuse. couldn't give a shit. This is the fair, Tesco with the horse in it, was it? Tesco with a horse in it? Yeah, you saw that one. That's when he brought out a horse to the Tesco on Pinglis recently. Oh. Uh, great podcast. Well worth a listen for some laugh out loud relief. Glad somebody's getting relief, eh? eh? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now we're getting to the good stuff. <laughs> Bluish Fairy 2018 makes me feel better about my husband's take on parenting. I love it. Uh, uh, as in, he's better than us, and so therefore you could have ended up with people as bad as us. Or, or he's just as bad. Like, yeah, it's like, ah, it turns out you're fairly normal, <laughs> that bit that you do. It's, it's, can I just say on that, it is that was kind of the point that Andy Lee was making the other day as well. It is definitely reassuring. I remember going on a course a few years ago to do work, and over the course of the course, 
it became apparent that everybody was kind of in the same boat, not really sure what they were doing, but actually not many miles off the right track. It kind of feels like this is sort of something similar. Anyone in particular you want to name who you felt didn't know what they were doing? In and the following, oh, in terms of parenting, I'm talking about liars. No, that was me, me. I was talking about yes, myself. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, but you also brought down your... And the clue and everybody colleagues. he went with. Yeah. Ah, not, I, no, I think no. we could all it agree wasn't that anyway, specific to one. Idea. It wasn't specific to one company. Uh, always an enjoyable listen, says B. Lee Buchanan. Great to hear different perspectives discussed. As with all parenting advice, you need to pick and choose what's best for you. Though in general, I'd say... Hmm... I'd say Adrian is taken with a grain of salt. He's a relative newbie dad and seems to believe any advice which tries to look to subconscious reasons for behaviour is just ridiculous. There you go. What's Sorry, that? that got cut off there. I didn't even read this properly. <laughs> <laughs> What's he saying? Well, I think what he's saying is that so previous to us ever doing this, dad, say like three years ago, you would have laughed in our faces if we'd suggested doing a dad cast when yeah. we used to have our conversations around the office. And in a way, that's still continuing because we have older children so you're looking at our parenting of our older children and kind of a... Ah, what did I'd I never do that. Look at that I'd clown. never do that. Jesus. No, that's just Oh, we're far not superior true. in our That's not true. Can I just say that's not true? Because what will happen now after this conversation is, unless I, in the strongest possible terms, and maybe even <laughs> edit, after I, edit. in the strongest think, possible I terms... I think if you do, the, 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 me think he does protest too much. No, I'm actually saying that I do listen to you, knobheads, and I take on board what you say, and I also, there's definitely a part of me that says, Jesus, I'm glad I'm not that far down the track. But I don't, uh, no judgment here. Have you, have you taken it on board to the extent that, say, you're at home and your child is entering a stage of life that we've discussed on the podcast, and you say to your wife... Well, actually, the lads were very experienced yes. with saying this. And she goes, if you ever come home, yes. holding something, yeah. Murphy, yeah, McIntyre, yeah, yeah. or Gilroy yeah, the said. The beds. What beds? Last weekend, I asked she, and the podcast maybe last week, what should we, should we get? So we were thinking about getting Con out of the cot, getting him a bed, shuffling all the little parts around. Yeah. And Jerry uh, specifically said, and you were all in agreement, leave it until the last possible minute. The night before you think it has to happen, do it then. So I went home and I said, lad said, Uh-oh. forget about that plan. People are listening. This and, is real world consequences. She said, uh, no. She didn't say too much. <laughs> and, I, and then after a while, the conversation came up again and she went, oh yeah, the lads were saying to leave until the 11th hour, so let's hold off. Ah, okay. Oh. So, but in, a, in, a, in, a, in the snippy uh, way, I, I would get it back if... No, it was in a leaving her oh, options the open. So anyway. It was in a leaving her options okay. open, so she could... Oh, wow. So okay. yes, no, you, there you oh, go. You're influencing the, the major life decisions in the Barry household. No, but that's, did she that's, ask we were talking about the snoring again? <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> I did go back to her during the week and said, I, told, I relayed the story that we'd recorded a podcast and we got the whole way through and nobody mentioned anything to do with that particular issue. Oh no, you didn't throw and me I under I the bus, did you? Nathan brought ah, here. So she used to think you were a grandfather. Never. Well, I mean, when that happens to everybody yeah, after a little while. <laughs> you start to realise. Okay, so this one is um, this is the the final review for now from the iTunes reviews. Uh, another five star, good man, Shay O'Connor. Uh, hi guys, thanks for the outlet. It's just the sheer honesty of the content that's so engaging. There's a good chemistry between you all, which is quite apparent and hilarious. Don't bother with advice, as all of us will end up with worse feats than the snip if we actually took the bits ye have so far furnished. A good point. Stick to the honest stories discussing the topics thrown at you by the sleep-deprived zombies like me. Can I throw the topic of suppositories at you for discussion? Thanks for having the neck and honesty to produce this pod. It's giving me such a laugh while reminding me that my experience is far from unique. Thanks, guys. It's hard to, you know, all I can really say to that is... 
repositories, that's not a pleasant. I haven't had to go there, I have to say. Never, no. They're like that size. Oh, oh yeah, they're, yeah. they're right. giant. But they, you can cut them in half. Well, can you? Yeah, you can, we, you can cut them in half. So that like a half one will do, but there's like there are temperatures oh. that just won't. There are temperatures that won't get fixed by anything else. Jesus. Um, like especially uh, early on when you're like, oh, is this fairly important? Is this temperature is like so high? Now, like temperature needs to get to about fifty. Before you're like, <laughs> that's probably before you get out of bed. Probably fix this. Oh. Should do something about this. But um, yeah, it's not. I mean. It's not pleasant. No, and it's it's definitely the it's worse for me than it is for you. Like. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's scarred for life. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Follow that thought. <laughs> There's no way delete, I can make the comment. Delete. That. <laughs> that ends well for anyone. Yeah. So, so like, I don't know. Do you want advice? It's like. It sounds like things he's been through. You not do it and get out. You're not bringing that up if you haven't been through it already. So, like, what and, can uh, we tell him? Yeah, and he needs to make sure it doesn't come out. And then, oh, well, that's the other thing. That's the that's the biggest problem. You don't want to come straight back out. back out again. But things have got to a point where it's all, like quite serious. Like your yeah. child is like the temperature has been hovering around 40, 41 for a long time, and they're like, how do you make sure it doesn't come out again? Stick it right up. Yeah, it's about oh. it. Our fella is, he doesn't like getting his nappy changed, right? To the point where he'll be kicking and screaming, like, sometimes to the point where there's shite going everywhere. I can't imagine trying to do that. Like, I sometimes you just gotta to hold them down. The, um, the, the pink steroids, have you got the pink steroids yet? No. So there's, um, there's like a peculiar strain of asthma that we have that the, um, the uh, inhalers don't really work. And the pink steroids are the only thing that's going to open up the airways. And the first time you do it, you mix it into water and you fill the syringe with it. And then you realize that the taste is the most disgusting thing of all time. So you literally get one milliliter of water and put it in the, put the little tiny tablet in it. Wait long enough for it to get that milliliter back in. And at that point, you're like leaning on them (laughs) to jam it in. And frequently, it goes all over the place. Yeah. Because it's obviously so disgusting. We've, we give... He's got a just coming through a bit of a cold at the minute, so we give him a calpol. So you know, they give you the syringe, and you take this. Mm. Yes, nurse, I'll have seven point five mill- milliliters of your finest calpol, please. But he knows this; he doesn't want this shit at all. Like you can't get near him with it. Like calpol, he doesn't oh like it. God. Have you tried the different flavors? All the flavors, no interest. So he loves yogurt. Seven point five mils of your finest calpol into the yogurt, please. And see, sometimes he's smart enough that he'll have it's a, a couple off. of spoons and he'll go. That's not great. I'm not having that. But frequently he'll just go. Ah, I love yogurt. It you, doesn't you, taste quite right, but screw it. You don't worry that there's something within the cultures in the yogurt. No, that we, asked, react with we the asked. We asked. We asked. Uh, uh, Send an email. Medical to person. Right. Pharmacist. They laugh in your face. No, they said yogurt's a great idea. Okay. Okay. An email uh, from David. <laughs> Dave here. Based in the Cayman Please Islands. Please don't name me. <laughs> <laughs> Based in the D- Cayman McIntyre. Islands. D. Yeah. McIntyre, yeah. D. McIntyre, yeah, who's moved to the Cayman Islands. Uh, my Monday lunch always matches up with Monday Night Rugby perfectly. Good man. Tune in all the time, he says. Anyhow, having only recently found Dadcast, love it, and I caught up by smashing an episode a day during what little me time in the AM I have walking the dog while wife and baby sleep. Sometimes. <laughs> Here's the thing. Look at you two. <laughs> Keys and grey. Is it? Did you smash it? Nathan's going to... Look, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just taking a sip of water. Yeah, I mean, come on. Jesus Christ. I didn't want to spit it all out. I think <laughs> it's the... Here's the thing. We're flying back to Ireland from Cayman in a few weeks for our daughter's christening. She's six months old and our first child. I myself fly a lot for work and babies have always been that dreaded nightmare to be seated close by. Now, as fate would have it, I'm on the other side and anticipating an interesting long-haul journey. How did you guys find your first ever dad flights? Already seeing the extra baggage we'll be lugging about and the thought of waiting in lines with there seems a daunting first world problem. It can be frustrating enough as a grown man travelling alone. I was, am, still seriously considering upgrading my seat to business class, leaving... <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Leaving child in coach with wife. But wait, it's not as bad as it sounds. The reason is so that my wife and I can alternate seats during the flight to try and relax, get some sleep. The reason has logic, as we'll have a long drive when we land in Dublin... My fear is being shamed by the airline staff as we board and I drop them off to go up top and be given the customary glass of bubbles. Okay, jokes aside, being honest, I'd voluntarily stay down in coach to begin with and let the wife enjoy the pre-takeoff upgrades. Pre-dad life travel logistics seems so much easier. And then he also says that he plays rugby with um, Peter Stringer's brother David who plays his international rugby for the Cayman Islands and he has a photograph of... Um, Let's see. Of, no, it's, I didn't print it out because oh. I thought that wouldn't be fair to Peter Stringer's brother. Oh, he, have you seen the photograph? Yeah, yeah. So it looked like Peter Stringer. As you can see, they're the image of one another. Pick from recent international. So that was like, uh, you know. What age was the child? Six months. Ah, mm. oh, sure. What's he got to worry about? What? Is that not? Is that not the, mo- the ki- child? Obviously, can't be leaping and the ears pop, jumping around the place. Why? No, there's Weird no experience. I, I think any age below five is dangerous territory on a plane because. From sort of one to five, they don't like sitting for an extended period of time. And like that's a long flight. He's but that child is six months old. Yeah, but the problem under the age of one is you can't reason with them. So if suddenly, as you say, the child's ears won't pop. Under the age of ten, you can't reason well, with them. Well, yeah, but like, they don't understand well, what's going on. Well, give them a bit on. of milk or whatever. A little bit of the boob or a bit of the bottle and away you go. I think the one thing you would, the only really piece of most advice... Things in life, right? <laughs> <laughs> the only piece of advice you would give is... Do whatever it takes. <laughs> Scrap all the rules. Yeah. yeah. Anything right. that, oh, we don't usually give them Absolutely. the bottle, oh, we don't usually feed no, them yeah, this yeah, time. Yeah. Just bloody get them happy. Or if he's entertaining the idea that he can go up to business class and he can afford to go to business class, go to business class. But not for all of them. You can't, I presume you can't bring kids up to business class. Well, I presume you can. Yeah. You can buy the tickets, yeah? Of course you can. Can you? You see, I, I, I think that's a, not the smartest option in that... You better be in together. Yeah, because what will happen is suddenly you're so maybe you're, you're it kicks off for one of you, it kicks, and everybody else is around, and suddenly even it, like you're still going to end up in a bad situation at some stage where even if you've started in the economy, and you're moving up to business and you've let your wife have the glass of champagne and she might have had it sleep for a couple of hours, she comes back refreshed, but if you then feck off up to to business class and the child goes apeshit for the next three hours, you didn't have to stroll down through no, the plane. No, you don't. No, you and shut suddenly, that curtain. Suddenly, no, yeah, but, but three hours oh. later, you're you're strolling down through the plane, and everyone's looking around, going, "Oh, you're the guy who's just left his wife oh, by herself true, for the last three hours with a screaming child that we've had to listen to." Yeah, that we've had to listen to is the bit. Yeah, but screw that. Woo! <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually not sure the business class is really worthwhile. You did a long haul flight, didn't you? Yeah, you went to, to China, Hong Kong, yeah. Hong Kong. 
Um, I'm not sure the business class will be worth it because the child is oh, six you months old. Class, yeah. Every, everybody, everybody in business class. No, I didn't. Nice. The child is six oh. months old. Oh, 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 oh I did. There was no story. <laughs> no business class. Oh, no, no, that, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst lawyer in the world. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, so if I continue my point, <laughs> uh, the child is six months old. Yeah. What's the value of, like the child is going to sleep. More space. Oh, loads of space, yeah. Well, that doesn't matter to the child. The child is going to sleep. The child's going to sleep probably no matter where. Right? Well, if they're going to sleep, they're going to sleep. Or the child might be awake for the whole thing. That's also a distinct possibility. That yeah. there will be no sleep. There's just a wakefulness and a fear, like getting angrier yeah. and angrier with every passing hour. Mm. You could be one of those parents, you know, who puts together a nice little pack for all the people who sit alongside you on the plane, apologising in advance for your child's behaviour. Now, those people are absolute tools, obviously. I've never heard of this. Sort, this? I've, I've never seen it in reality, but it's the sort of thing you see, I think, yeah, maybe more in America, where um, small planes. over-eager parents will, you know, put a little uh, pack together that might have a newspaper and a bar of chocolate Air and plugs. a drink and earplugs and say, and they'll have written a letter on behalf of the child saying, Hi. Bikers. Yeah, my name's Adrian. I'm six months old, and I just can't help but cry sometimes when I'm on an airplane. I'd like to say sorry in advance, and my mummy and daddy are doing their best. So, you've, if you, in any one plane at any one time, you could be sitting. There could be like two. There could be three, five, another three, eight, like at least ten people around you. You doing up ten of these packs? Yeah, ah, screw that. Spending like a couple hundred you. quid. I'm saying like it's one of the passages of life that. Sometimes you're stuck with the baby, somebody else's baby, yeah. and sometimes you get to inflict the pain back on other people. Yeah, and you're in that period of your life now where you get to inflict the pain, so, you know, Make you enjoy it. So you're saying, don't do the upgrade thing, tough it out. Well, I've, I've, never, I've never flown business class, so I don't know how good it is, Adrian. Amazing. <laughs> Flying business class is amazing. I have flown business class, I'm not saying that I flew, flew business class that time, but I have flown business class. Lovely. Yeah, I just can't see either. the six-month-old, what? Not denying it either. Not for a six-month-old, I can't see that. I just don't see the benefit. Uh, so last week, uh, we had an email from Ross who told us about as the coffin was lowered into the ground, his kid shouted, all gone, at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> he was there with his granny. Uh, everybody could hear. So um, his follow-up, I was on a flight back from Mallorca when our small lad was six months old. Coming into land, the flight was very turbulent and the little guy was in hysterics on my lap. To try and calm him, we went to grab the travel bag from the floor to get the spare soother. The bag seemed stuck under the seat in front of my wife, in front, so my wife was pulling the strap harder and harder. I was wearing shorts and flip-flops. And finally, we pulled the strap and out popped the bag, along with my big toenail pulled clean up. Oh! no. Oh! Why not like that? You can imagine the list of expletives that followed. Safe to say, I'll never wear flip-flops on a flight again. Oh, my God. Straight to hospital. Wow. Oh, ho, 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 ho. that's not good. That's the most painful thing that like. Well, it's giving me a little bit of a mild headache even thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> the snip, no problem, but uh, a missed uh, toenail. Do you think Dave's going to come back and have the snip done? Is that going to be like he's going to spoil the way all this time? Have a look at that, lads. You'll <laughs> 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 be in getting them. What were the things called that you were talking about? The beakers. The beakers. You have to get yeah. the beaker test done. Uh, not for months afterwards, though, right? 100, is it 100 days or whatever? Is it? I don't know. Um, okay, so 
There was a big for expert. Uh, this podcast is a godsend right now. Great to be able to listen to fellow sufferers discuss these things in a light-hearted manner. Keep up the good work, says Aiden. I was listening to episode 14 this morning. It was just the therapy I needed. We have two boys, 19 months and two months. The older fella has been waking a lot more since the new arrival, waking up screaming and crying wildly, calling for mummy, but she's in the other room with our two-month-old and is getting feck all sleep anyway. Jordan, an hour of this last night, took him out of his cot to try and settle him, tried to put him back in after a while and it drove him crazy. Took him to the bed with me, which usually works, and he went even crazier again. Had to take him downstairs for a while, and eventually he settled. Find it extremely hard to be empathetic and keep my cool. This has been happening regularly. Have any of you lads had similar experiences? Yeah. But I blanked them out of my mind. The losing the, the empathy part. thing. Oh, is unbelievable. And how quickly I, I think I've, I've made this point before. I could stay up till four in the morning and be perfectly sane. But the second I close my eyes and I'm woken up, all reasonableness is just gone. I am, like, the levels of anger that you get to with your children at four o'clock in the morning is quite worrying. Yeah. Or you move beyond. I, last night, I couldn't settle the new one and I just had to go out into the landing and sit down and say to my wife, I can't do that anymore. What were you doing? I was just trying to put her to bed. What time is this? This was like eight, you, everything, whatever. Do you have her out? Do you have her out? So, yeah, sort of began downstairs. <clears throat> Sometimes she just settles perfectly and there's no drama and she goes up, she might have a bit of a cry, you have to go back up, put the soother in, whatever's going on. But, yeah, last night there was a lot of walking around, holding her in different positions, different things. Mostly she sat down and then for whatever reason, and maybe I was just extra tired last night. That can I find that at times you just, you just go... I'm just going to leave now, and she might continue to cry for the next five minutes, but I'm getting my head out of the game here for a few minutes. I find it like it's... I know we frequently laugh and joke about it. Sometimes I just find it's... You're just, you just want to shut the engine down. You're like... Broken, Woof. Yeah. yeah. And especially at the end of, like, everything's going well, it's going well, it's going well, and then there's just this bit where some conflagration happens and you have no idea why. And instead of calming that bit down, you just go with the, the massive row that's happening. Like, yeah, 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 I'm going to get Like, oh, Jesus, that made no sense. <laughs> what happened there? Yeah. And, um, and it, I don't know, it, uh, I would find that mostly it's triggered when you have the expectation that everything's going to be fine. Uh, and it's just like every, every step of the way in the, night, in the bedtime routine has gone perfectly. And you're almost on the way out the door when suddenly it's like, bing, and now, mm. like a switch. But um, they're not, not being able to settle them in the middle of the night. Like, there's nothing you can do. You're just mad. You, like, yeah. There's a reason that keeping people awake is torture um, that they use in Guantanamo and wherever. The, the Irish guards were good at that, I think, in the heavy brigade in the 70s, weren't they? Um, like, it's very difficult to get over it. And uh, I, I just taking, taking them into the beds... You know, you do what you have to do tonight, but at some point soon you've got to stop that because yeah. that'll last forever. Mm. That's difficult, Jesus, because I definitely find with our fella, particularly, actually both of them, any time, once they get into the bed, they're grand. They're like, generally, it doesn't matter what's going on, very rare occasions. Into your bed. Yeah, yeah. That, they, that wouldn't solve it. But, um, but that so ruins your night's sleep because they kick the head off yeah, you. Totally. Like, mm. And they're chatting oh, yeah, away totally. in the middle of the night and they're totally. like, oh, look, I can play with you. It's totally. like, no, you totally. can't. Yeah. And the same shit happens again the next night. Yeah. Yeah, we. Um, it's hard to think clearly, though. We're nearly out the other side now of the uh, like the length of time we've been doing this. I've been complaining, obviously, about 
um, our youngest coming into. And then just one night we were like, no, it's not happening. And for a week, he would get carried back into his bed. And then he stopped coming. And then he'd get up really early and occasionally would still get in at like half four or five. Which was Sneak a, in like. Which was a, a massive <laughs> improvement from there. Like he could be in any time from 11 on. And then we got that grow clock. And uh, now he sits in bed until the grow clock turns from dark to night or from um, dark to day. And it's largely cured. There's a bit of, there was a bit of crying one night during the week. Yeah. He said, you come and check on me. Oh, Jesus. Um, but like, so the, it's... And can you not say to him, oh, I did, I did. He's, he's, come in? he's in the stage where he's like too dumb to realise. <laughs> the deal is, uh, yeah, we'll check on you every 15 minutes, but only if you're asleep. <laughs> oh, good on, good on. He's yeah. delighted. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, that yeah. puts him asleep. It pretty much puts him out straight away. Yeah. The so grow clock doesn't have any sound effects or anything then, does it? No. It's literally just a light. Yeah, but yeah. you did give me advice a few months ago not to get into these light fix- fittings and fixtures. Yeah, oh, well, we have yeah, a uh, the, the night lights are a pain in the hole. Is that? And no, this is not a night light. It's a morning light. Right. Like so, it's it's so dark that it, like there might be a little bit of glare off it. But he might also have a night light. But I'm going to try and nick that sometime soon. Yeah, we've been just a alarm clock that we told the youngest he's not let out of bed until the alarm goes off. But which works generally. But let's say this morning the older lad wakes up at. 10 to 7 probably heard the baby crying it's like the usual full as loud as you can roar what time is that and he's on the top bunk and we're like you can't get up for another 45 minutes not till the alarm goes off Charlie because if you press the alarm it tells you what time it is Charlie like roaring at him he's asleep yeah press the alarm press the alarm (laughs) and somehow he then presses the alarm and 6.52 a.m. 42, 41 minutes till your oh, alarm nice. goes off. But that's both them awake. Right. We go out of bed! I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, night lights and... Ugh. I was telling All of that. some relations re- recently about your stories uh, about the... Remember they getting up in the middle of the night? Daddy, want some water? And then you got him some water and then he had to go to the toilet a few times. And he exaggerated for effect. And then... Hmm? Daddy, <laughs> I'd get sick. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I drank too much water. <laughs> That's happened on that a few occasions. <laughs> well, it's 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 happened on several occasions whereby the kids have been up like three, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm gonna, again, half three in the morning. I'm going to kill one of these kids. Yeah, just go back to sleep. Uh. And my wife would go in and she'd come back and say, Yeah, I got a temperature of forty point four there. <laughs> like, ah, oh, feel bad now about this. And I'm like, just get, you're not getting out of your bed anymore. You should have you should have checked on the temperature thing. Uh, a couple of quick tweets to um uh, might be worth looking up Donnick O'Callaghan recently comparing playing Exeter with being left minding his girls. I didn't see that one, but um does Donnick have two daughters? Is that what it is? I think. Not sure. We should get them on. Uh, daughters, tough work is all I'd say. One minute they look like they're about to punch you, the next they're jumping into your arms. And then Kevin Sweeney replies with, um, definitely a business opportunity teaching dads to do ponytails and moving on to plats. Are you ready for all that, Nathan? Hell no. Are, you, are you an expert? It turns out it's not that hard. Well, I had, uh, I had long hair for my teenage years, so of course I'm an expert. <laughs> are you not a bit of a mullet or something going on? You strike me as sort of fellow who've at some point. Uh, yeah, an afro. Oh, yeah, afro, couldn't grow yeah. my hair long. You know, that was the one of my great regrets. It's funny because we were, as uh, men, obviously wouldn't have been into. So it's the first point in your life, I assume, where you start you have to start painting mainly, mostly the first point in your life where you're still painting nails and you're doing all the girly things that. I had two older sisters. So I was like, I had three, but I mean, they never painted your nails. 
Well, they just never had no, I don't think nail so. polish in Athlone, I'd say. <laughs> the first thing they did was, so, you know, there was like that late 70s of time where they'd, um, you know, you were born and you were sort of out the gap as quick as you were out the... Your sister's. Um, no, me, myself, that I was out... What's happening? <laughs> What's There's that? a lot of sound effects. So <laughs> what I'm saying Did you make that sound for your mother's guy? <laughs> Did you? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, wow. Wow. I totally missed that. I don't even your sisters were out the gap yeah, of the exactly. house when they were like realize, 17 uh, or 18. Yeah. Holy no, no, God. No, no. Wow. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly the snoring end uh, into the Mary House. My story after this now pales into insignificance. But they, they, so they brought me home and they uh, fired me. In, uh, three, uh, three older sisters. The oldest one's like eleven years older, and anyway, falling away after that. So put me into a pram, whizzed me around the block, and uh, one of the ne- to the point one of the neighbours came around to my mother and they were like, "Oh, I see the the girls are flying around there with a they got must have got a new doll today. They're like herring around the block." And she was like, no, that's the new baby. <laughs> Somebody got to tell him to stop. And they also gave me a chewing gum in my first week of life. They thought it would be greater than, oh, give him a juicy fruit. Oh. You, you survive, but it explains a lot. Doesn't it? <laughs> juicy fruit no, syndrome. I mean, the subconscious, obviously. JFS. It's new syndrome. Juicy fruit syndrome. Uh, all right, is there anything else that you want to talk about this week? Not really. I, I keep bringing up the, my son is hitting people thing and nobody's given me any solutions or... He's still at it. He Our children are just so well behaved. We've never experienced such a. Well, you're the one who thinks they're badly behaved because they're loving each other. So. Wow. Well, they're actually battering the shite out of each other now. So they. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that like, um, I I want my kids to be able to push back, like. But no, see, he's not pushing back. He's pushing. Yeah. So I, I would want the the yeah. kids who he's doing the pushing do to push back. And this is, is exactly this is exactly the point. Yeah. So he he's too young to know that what he's doing is trying to hurt people, right? I just think he's can't fully communicate himself in a scenario and so ends up hitting somebody. That's my reading of it. It might be entirely wrong. Anyway, he was at some playgroup during the week and he hit a girl and the girl thumped him back and he started crying. He did? Yeah. No, good for him. Good I, for think it, I think good for her, good for everybody. I hoped it would have some sort of an impact no, on impact. him. I don't think he just didn't care about it. And with the pain together with the being hit? I don't think so. No. Somebody said to me recently, oh, did you hit... When he hits you, do you hit him back? Like, no, don't hit him back. Like, I don't want him to think this is an equal exchange no, here. No, exactly. It's okay for the two-year-old girl to hit him back. Not yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. What sort of look has he got in his eyes when he's hitting? Is it of a delight? He's hitting you a good bit, is he? Um, he hits me in a slightly different way, but like, he knows when he hits me he shouldn't be doing it because we'd gone through the various phases of reading stuff where it's like, oh, don't, don't react, don't say anything to them, just don't do anything. So I think you're sort of biting your lip and like, oh, won't do anything grand. And then, no, no, that's not the advice anymore. We have to now actually start to give them a stern talking to and take action. So that's kind of where we're at at the minute. Where are you getting that advice? Books. Just read. Not, you know yourself, look, you can read something that tells you. You know that. You know these surveys that come out every other week? Oh, if you eat too many carrots, it gives you toe cancer. Like, And then next week, oh, eat loads of carrots. You'll never get toe cancer in your life. It's the same sort of, same advice exists for parenting. Uh, so I don't really know what to do, and nobody's given us any advice that's resulting in any improvement in his behaviour. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's still very young. Yeah, just let her off. Is it? The, is it the first thing he does when he sees other kids? Well, to the point where, where is it we, when you're when you're giving out to him. Well, if we say to him, "Oh, did, are you going to the playground later? Or are you going to play with somebody?" He'll make the hitting sign. All oh, right. Okay. So he associates <laughs> that now. The the joy of, uh, of playgroup is that I get to yeah. bash someone. 
I think this is a deep psychological problem that can only be cured <laughs> by yeah. child um, psychologists. Yeah. <laughs> One of mine came home with bruises all over her legs from being um, nipped by her buddies in school. Now, um, the advice is punch them back. But actually it's not. It's going to tell the teacher. So. Uh, what age do well, that'd be that'd be a giveaway, but like, not 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 old, right? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I'm not worried about it, and she kind of yeah. she can totally look after herself. But still, yeah, she's because that is into another realm of like what he's doing. I don't believe he understands what's happening. You know, he thinks, oh, I actually quite like playing with this girl, and here's how that manifests itself. Potentially, it might also be that he's just being a bit of a dickhead, and I'm open to that possibility too. Um, That's the most likely. You know, that doesn't fall far from the tree, eh? What? Oh, hey, being a bit older, then you're into the. There's more. There's much more at play psychologically. Yeah, totally. And uh, there's a lot of them doing it. And so, what about uh, uh, how rough should you let your kids be with each other? I think with each other, like I don't know. It depends, right? Uh, it, there needs to be somewhere along the line where you can't actually kill them, which. On the path they're on, at an early age, they'd get there really quick, right? <laughs> like if they just kept going and kept escalating, um, and they're so small that it would be really easy for them to like do serious damage. So, but up to that point, like, what's the? You got to let them kind of. This is how they feel out, mm. where the pain comes from, and where the damage could be done and not done, and what you get done to you. Mm. Yeah, because what they've got into now, and they never like they always obviously had little bits of fights here and there, but nothing ever too serious. But now they're playing is, they get their Pokemon cards, of course, uh, pick out five at random, line them up, and all the Pokemon have different attacks as part of their... Right. So, like, they have a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of defense, and a different... So, like, one of them might be a spinning kick. So he randomly goes, right, so one of them has to stand there while the other one tries his spinning (laughs) kick. And I think they try so that... It starts off of their uh, impersonating the spinning kick... (laughs) But then it gets uh, a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And it's fine. Like, they batter each other and there's a couple of tears every so often. And they'll do that for 45 minutes. But in the final couple of minutes before you have to say stop, it's them just flinging each other around the kitchen, up against the corner of things. Ooh. Like, ooh. And then there's the, the worst is, like, the slide digs. So the older lad, the younger lad would be tougher. So he'd just get straight stuck in. Whereas the older lad, you know, let him get up and they'd be walking back and everything would be calm and he'd just like nudge him in the back straight into the fridge or something. Like, do you lose the rag completely? Or do you just go, okay, it's a seven-year-old and a five-year-old boy. This is better natural in the house than out the house. I don't Mm. know. I mean, it's difficult. Like, if you lose the rag completely, then there's nowhere to go after that. That doesn't stop us. That's literally every morning as I leave the house to bring him to school, I'm like, what? <laughs> Where do I go from here? <laughs> as angry as I've ever been. Because he wouldn't put his jacket on. <laughs> so I, then I go outside and I'm like, it's, well, it is 18 degrees in February. You probably didn't even need a jacket. <laughs> I'm lost literally and metaphorically. Where do yeah. I go from here? I'm driving the car in the wrong direction. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I don't know. Because like, um, somebody else came home and was like, oh, I got, I got choked today by somebody in school. And you're like, uh, uh, what? And it's just like, I don't know what you do. You know, like... Name in balls, like Jesus, because I mean they're very unlikely. I think to go and tell the teacher, aren't they? Like if that's no, I think they think everybody still like. I think there's probably like an you probably get to nine or ten before not telling the teachers oh, right, a thing. Right, right, right. I don't know. Jesus. Um, 
But like, I don't know if your school was violent. If there was violence in your primary and secondary schools, and like British Bulldog and British Bulldog like, wasn't violent. We'd like oh, it was pretty bloody violent where I was. How did that work again? So you get two line, two sets oh, of people yeah, would line yeah, up, yeah. and then you had to go through the middle <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like try to, to try, control, kill, yeah. fire, try or if you fire, at least take one of them down with you when you were gone. Yeah, yeah. But like get the head poked off you. Yeah. Um, but there would be yeah there'd be uh, fights organised at the back gate. Be general sort of. I'd yeah. say I'd say six and same, seven. Oh, six and seven. No, 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 no. I mean, I can't even remember it, six and seven, but I can't specifically recall that it was... No, but so if that's going to happen, you've got to prepare them for it, right? In some way. It's like, listen, this is going to get a bit tough at various stages. Here's how you run away fastest. Or here's how you make sure that it's not you they're picking on. But then are you getting them to be the... No, you're absolutely not. ...instigator. Like, no, I mean... But we all navigated it, and I don't remember anybody at any point taking me aside and saying, here's what you do. And you probably you get in a couple of scrapes from time to time. It's, it's grim, and I think it's worse. It was probably easier. It's easier for you than it is for you with your children, because you're looking at them going, oh "My God, they were choking you. I, I would kill that child." Well, Whereas I mean, if it's you, you're like, "Well, I just have to deal with this and then get past it, and that's fine." You individually, mostly. Yeah. Unless it's a repeat. We're back to the bullying conversation now, but. Maybe we take too much interest in our children's lives. Well, obviously we do. We've got to live vicariously. I mean, given that we fucked up our own so I really... think that's a fair point, isn't it? Oh, like, it's massive. It's like I, as I'm sure it's the same in any school. Like I bring the kids to school every day. A lot of the dads are probably working and aren't in and around, and so I would see a lot more what happens. So therefore, naturally, you're more concerned. I see what you see dynamics in certain ways in the classroom. You're like, hmm. But then, if I was just working all the time, I wouldn't know anything about it. I'd be just listening to my child coming home. Do you like school? Yeah, I love it. Grand. Runs in every day, both of them. Yeah. Not a care in the world. I'm like, oh, why is he not talking to this person? Now? Yeah. Well, as a child as well, you can hate your best friend for the day. Oh. And then the next day, neither of you even remember what's going on. And it's like, it's life. Mm. Yeah. But the, that, all that, the, like, little cool groups, they, that forms really, that happens really quickly. Oh, 100%. You see it from, but... As I would notice from the two lads, so the older lad's very quiet and is happy to sort of sit in the background, has, has his couple of friends. Like, get, seems to get on with everybody perfectly. But the, and because he, he's one of the youngest, he, you know, probably lets the bigger, tougher lads at it and sort of sits back. Whereas the younger lad is one of the older lads in his class and he's the one who has like his four or five mates and they're all the older lads. And, yeah. And uh, so shit, how, what, what part of the class year when he's a bit younger, what, when's his birthday? January. Right. So it's not that much. Yeah, there would still be quite a few who'd be said the April, May. Right. The previous. So he's just turned seven whereas a lot of them would be turning eight in the next sort of and would three you or four months. think about holding back here? No, no, no. No, there's kids in his class who are also younger. He's fourth youngest, but there's like kids who are like four or five months younger than him. Yeah, I was, I was kids. May and went and went. I would have been May of that year. No, I don't think he, like he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any issues in terms of keeping up or anything like that. It's more just the like we touched on it with the with the last podcast of say for sport. Like it does all the statistics suggest that for sport being he's, younger, he's January. Yeah, so he's yeah, great. Gives him no, but. He's, the problem is he's playing with the year above him. Yeah, but so he'll... It'll hopefully even itself out and, and he'll, he'll go back playing. and he'll be like, wow, Amazing. turns out, uh, look, look who's arrived down from, se- <laughs> from first class to play with all these senior infants. Yeah. Hopefully is what's going to happen. <laughs> no tiger parenting going on there. 
Uh, you have to leave that long enough for him to drop back. Don't burn it from first class into senior infants. Oh, no, no, you, you want to be, yeah, yeah. Like, sixth year into fifth year or something, yeah, like, much pff. further down the track. Yeah, all right. Uh, Dadcast at offtheball.com for your uh, mailbag contributions. Advice, Good advice. Um, thanks very much for being part of this week's show. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes, by the way. We um, Obviously, as you know, if you've got this far, uh, we do read them. And we're very grateful for them. So thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Look.